the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. We won't be judged for our sins because God forgave them. We will be judged for what we did or didn't do. Welcome to Core Truth Radio, a radio ministry of Core Church Los Angeles with pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn. Pastor Steve will be teaching us God's truth right from the Bible with lessons that we may not want to hear, but we need to hear. Let's jump right in today's study. Yes, we are called, you and me, to live for Christ. So know this, we as Christians will all appear before the judgment seat of Christ. We will not be judged for our sins, for our sins have been forgiven. Jesus died for them on the cross, yet we as believers will be judged. Do you get that? You just said we won't be judged. That's right. We won't be judged for our sins because God forgave them. But we will be judged for what we did or didn't do. Did you get that? It's what we did and what we didn't do for him, whether it's good or bad. Meaning, we as believers are accountable for serving God. How about that? We're accountable for serving him. For God has called each one of us to be a steward of this life and of his message to do what? To preach the gospel message. So let's take a moment to remind ourselves of what we are called to do. So first, Jesus said in Mark 16, 15, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all of creation. First Peter three fifteen says, but sanctify or set apart Christ in our hearts, always being ready to make a defense to everyone who asks you to give an account of the hope that is in you, yet with all gentleness. So we're called to always be ready in case someone asks a question about our faith, to always be ready to give an answer. Well, pastor, that's a problem because I don't have all the answers. That's all right. That's all right. You do the best that you can. And when someone asks you a question that you don't know, say, you know what? That's a good question, and I'm not really sure. But let me go ask one of the pastors at my church, and I'll get back with you on that. But getting back to how much Jesus loved you and how much he died on the cross. See, when you're witnessing to someone, people will throw in all kinds of questions like, you know what? I'm not sure. I'll find out. But anyway, let's get back to the fact that Jesus died for you. And so you can come and ask. 2 Timothy 4.2 says, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. That just means be ready when you feel like it. Be ready when you don't feel like it. He says, reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. Did you notice that great patience? Hey, you, heathen dog, on your way to hell, you might want to listen to this. No, 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 great patience. It's just like, I hate God. I hate you. I hate all Christians. Well, okay, but you know what? I just want you to know that God loves you. I want to be patient with you. 
Because I know that your, your anger and, and all these things, you just bought into what is being, you know, scooped out there in the world. It's like, so I'm going to take some time with you and give you some instruction. For the time will come, that's the apostasy, that's the end time, that's where we're living right now. Apostasy means there's a falling away from truth. Do you think there's a little falling away from truth here in America today? This nation that was built on God, and God we trust, and now you can't even have any scripture, you can't have a cross on, on anything anymore, you can't say the name God, you can't say the name Jesus. Yes, there's an apostasy happening right under our nose. He says there will come that time when people will not endure sound doctrine, but wanting to have their ears tickled, they will accumulate for themselves teachers in accordance to their own desire, meaning tell me what I want to hear, not what I need to hear. But the Bible will tell you not what you want to hear, it'll tell you what you need to hear, which is not what you want to hear, okay? But that's what it'll tell you the truth. And they'll turn away their ears from the truth, and they will turn aside to miss But you, who's you? But you, the true believer, the one that's not caught up in the apostasy, the one that believes that the Bible is the truth of God's word. But you, be sober in all things. Endure the hardship that comes against you. Do the work of an evangelist and fulfill your ministry. What is your ministry? It's to communicate with other believers, other non-believers, excuse me, that there's a God in heaven that loves you. So that's, you know, and look, you're not called to make them believe it. You're just called to share the message. You're not called like, well, no one's given their life to Christ. Well, you can't save anybody. Only God can save them. You're just called to share the message. That's it. Just share the message. Share the message. When I first came to know Christ, no one wanted to listen to it. And then finally, Dan Reinhardt, as I said this morning, he gave his life to Christ. I didn't even know what to do. Oh my goodness, someone actually said yes. I, I was like, it caught me by surprise. Like, I was told no so many times that when someone said yes, it's like, oh, caught me by surprise. But we're just called to share the message. And as you share the message faithfully, there will be those that will say, I want what you have. Whatever you have, I want it. And our time is now. It's not another time. We're at the end of time. Our time is now. Yes, we are called to do the work of an evangelist. And how we live our lives in relation to this calling of God to reach out to this sin-filled world with this message of hope to the hopeless will determine how we fare in the judgment that you and me will stand at. Again, it's not a judgment of whether we're going to heaven. We're going to heaven. We're saved by grace. We are judged on how we served the Lord. Again, it's not the great white throne judgment. That will happen in Revelation 20 at the end of time. That's for all the non-believers. That's when every person who rejected God's free gift of salvation will stand to be judged. That's after the tribulation period, after thousand-year millennium. Then there's the great white throne judgment, and that's all the people going to that. Oh, they're all going to hell in a handbasket. There's no getting out of that. If you're at that judgment, there's no, well, I'll work it out with the big guy upstairs. No, there's no working it out. You've already sealed your fate. It's over with. Everyone, again, at that judgment will be placed into into the eternal torment and fire, a place where there's wailing and gnashing of teeth. But this judgment that I'm talking about here is from the Greek word bima. This terminology is that these Corinthians understood this, this bema seat, 
judgment. Because this city was into sports. They were into the Olympics. And this refers to an elevated platform where victorious athletes would receive their crowns. This will happen to you and to me for those of us who served and have obeyed the call of God in our life. And we will receive rewards, the Bible says. Yet for those that do nothing, the Bible says they will suffer loss. So this is 2 Corinthians chapter 5. If you go all the way back to 1 Corinthians chapter 3, you know, Paul dealing with these, he already dealt with this judgment for believers. And he says, every one of us will be judged and God will take every act that we ever did. So you say, what do you mean, what do you mean every act? Okay, like your wife told you to take out the trash. So that will be judged. You're thinking, what? Take out the trash? Yeah, because the judgment will be, what was your attitude in taking out the trash? It's like, sure, honey, I'll take out the trash. Oh, okay, so outwardly, what did you do? You took out the trash. But inwardly, you grumbled about it. See, there's times that we can look so good, you know. Yes, let me give my offering to the Lord. Dear Lord, take my offering. Here's my big fat check. And then, and it's like maybe you even gave it where someone could see the amount. Yes, I give so much to the Lord. Yes. It's like you get nothing for that. No, wait a minute. I gave a lot. It's like, no, 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 no. You did it to be seen of others. You get nothing for that. It's like, or you gave your offering. Yes, let me give my offering. But inside you're thinking, I could have bought a new pair of designer jeans with that. It's like you shouldn't have gave them. See, giving is commanded by God to give 10% of our income to him. But if you complain about it on the inside and you regret it, then it's as if you gave nothing. So you're better off giving nothing. You're saying, are you a church saying don't give anything? I'm saying that giving to the Lord what he has called you to give is the greatest blessing you could ever have. God says, whatever you give me, you cannot outgive me. I will repay it back to you tenfold, a hundredfold. But if you give with the wrong motive or you give to get, then you'll get nothing. So it's an act of obedience. It's just saying, don't let my right hand know what my left hand's doing. So this is fold the check in half. Just put it in and like, Lord, I'm being obedient to you. Oh, now you're going to get blessed in heaven. See, everything's based on the motive of the heart. The heart of the matter is the matter of the heart. It's all based on that. Everything's based on, you know, our motive and and what we do. See, so again, that judgment is all based on what? It's all based on our attitude. And so when we get judged as believers, we're going to heaven. But if your attitude was bad in all of these things, the Bible says, oh, you're in heaven but you'll suffer loss. Well, what does suffering loss mean? I don't know. Because the Bible doesn't tell us what suffering loss is. But I I don't want to suffer loss in heaven. I'm in heaven, so what does that mean? You're mopping the floors. I know we eat in heaven. Hopefully, we just eat. That's it. I'd rather suffer loss and be in heaven than not be in heaven. But it's like, we need to share this message so people can repent, that they can turn from their sin. You know, look again at verse 17. It says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, they're a new creature. All things are passed away. Everything becomes new. Could you imagine everyone that you know, they can have the same thing that happened to us. We can become a new creature in Christ. And I've done some rotten things in my life. I just rotten things. And, 
you know, and, and I just wasn't a, a, a good person when I was younger and, and, and all of these things, and it, it's all forgiven. Wow, that's a good thing. I become a new person in Christ and my past will not come back to haunt me because God's forgiven it. People that you know can have that same hope that we have. Yes, if we're in Christ, defined as if we put our faith and trust in Jesus Christ who died openly on the cross, our future assurance is secure in him. We will resurrect from the dead and we will be forever in heaven. Which brings up our third and final point, reconciling others. Let's read what it says in 2 Corinthians 5.18. It says, Now all these things are from God, who reconciled or bought us back to himself through Christ. Through his death on the cross, he bought us back. Who gave us the ministry of reconciliation. What? We have this ministry now. Really? Namely, that God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not counting their trespasses or my sins or your sins against him. And he has committed us now to the word of reconciliation. Now we have this ministry. Therefore, we are ambassadors for Christ. As though God were entreating through us, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. He made him who knew no sin... Jesus, to be sin on our behalf, that we might be the righteousness or in right standings with God in Jesus. Wow. Highlight that. Get a highlighter. Put LED lights around it in your Bible. That, that's impressive. Verse 18 says that all these things are from God. The newness of life. The old things are passed away. Everything becomes new. All because God reconciled us or bought us back to himself. Yes, God made friendly the relationship between us because it was severed because of our sin. Let's remember, sin caused us to be separated from him. It says in Romans 3.23 that all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Sin cannot stand in the presence of a holy God. So God reconciled us. He settled the dispute by dying in our place on the cross. The Bible says in Hebrews 9.22, And without the shedding of blood, there is no forgiveness of sin. So God shed his own blood for us. Crazy, but true. We've been reconciled. In the dictionary, it means we've been restored in harmony with God. Verse 19 says that God no longer holds our sin against us. Romans 5.10 puts it this way. For if while we were enemies, we were enemies with God because of our sin, we were reconciled to God through the death of his son, much more having been reconciled, we shall be saved by his life. Wow. Yes, God has settled the sin issue by becoming sin for us. Look at verse 21 again. He made him, God made him, Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin on our behalf, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Again, the word righteousness means in right standings with God. We've been made in right standings. We had nothing to do with it other than receiving Christ in our hearts. And because God has shown his loving kindness towards us, we're to show that same loving kindness to the rest of the world. That's why he said in verse 18 that he has now given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Yes, God has given to us, listen, the great privilege of bringing this message of light and hope to the dark world that we live in. 
So every now and then, you just got to dig into the scripture. You got to understand why we do what we do. This is why we do what we do. A world that many have lost sight of hope in. Isn't that the world we're living in right now? People that are suffering, emptiness, loneliness, all this, this anger that's out there right now, races against races and all of these things. A world that many have embraced all kinds of vices and sin, brought into bondage. I wonder how many are seeking relief from the cares of this world by doing everything from drugs and alcohol and multiple relationships and sexual perversion because they're just trying to find something that satisfies. Only those actively pursuing a solid relationship with the living God can find true contentment. You can't find it anywhere else. There's no way you can find satisfaction in anything. Ask yourself, what thing, what person, place, or thing has ever brought you a lasting satisfaction? Well, when I got my new car, it was so cool. Yeah, all right. I like getting new cars. I'd rather buy a new car and drive a new car than a junk car. And it's cool. You get in there, ah, the new car smell. They should just, somehow, it doesn't stay there once you drop a couple double-doubles on the seat, you know. It just, it, that's, the smell just doesn't last, you know. But it's so cool when you get into a new car. But after a while, it's just a car. Nothing satisfies. You know, you get married, like, oh, oh, Lord, please bring someone in my life. I just want to be married. Oh, oh Lord, please. I'm so sick of being lonely. Then someone brings someone in your life. Oh, I love you. I love you. I love you. You know, till death do us part. Yes. For better, for worse. Yes. And then you get married six months later. <sighs> God, just get me out of this marriage, Lord. Just get me out of this thing, you know. You know, you get married, and you're like, I want kids. Oh, Lord, bring kids in my life. And you get kids, it's like, oh, these little brats, they're just all around me, you know. Then they turn into teenagers, and they have this attitude. And, you know, it's just nothing satisfies. Yes, why is that? Well, because you have to have Christ. And we find contentment because being a Christian is more than just a prayer. That's where it starts. But having a relationship with Christ, it's all about talking to him. Well, we can talk to God and he listens to us on a daily basis. That's why the Bible says pray without ceasing. Prayer is just a code word for talking with God. So talk with God without ceasing. Just be in a continual conversation with God. You know, I love what David said in Psalm 119, verse 9 11. How does a young man keep his way pure? A young woman or old man or old woman or middle-aged man or a middle-aged woman by keeping it according to thy word. Thy word have I treasured in my heart that I might not sin against you. We're also told to get plugged in with church. Hebrews 10, 24 says, and let us consider how to stimulate one another to love and good deeds, not, not forsaking our assembling together. You know, we think of the First Amendment. The First Amendment is, oh, you have freedom of speech. Have you ever read the First Amendment? That's the second thing they talk about. The first thing they talk about in the First Amendment is the right to meet together religiously. That's the First Amendment. Then after we have the right to meet religiously together, then it's like we have the right of free speech. God says, don't forsake the assembling of the brethren. Something happens when you gather together with the brethren together to study the word of God. Verse 20 said, as we end here, it says we're ambassadors. Well, if we have an American ambassador down in Guatemala, it's someone that represents the United States in Guatemala. So if we have an ambassador here from Japan, that's a man that's representing Japan here in our country to us. 
Now, God is saying, you're my ambassador from heaven to earth. You're my ambassador. You're a representative of Christ. We are to share this message of reconciliation that people can know God. You can stand pure and holy before God. We can have our sin forgiven. We can know that we're going to heaven. That's what we're an ambassador. That's why we're here. That's why God hasn't come back yet so more people can be reconciled. So let me ask you tonight as we end. Do you all know God? Do you really know that? Have your sins been forgiven? Do you know that? Do you know that you know that if you were to die today that you would go to heaven? As Paul said at the end of verse 20, we beg you on behalf of Christ, be reconciled to God. We beg you. Let me define beg. Please come to Christ. I remember me and my buddy, I've made reference to it a couple times. We had a ministry to prostitutes back in Washington, D.C. I remember this first gal. She came up to us the first night we were starting to witness to these prostitutes and the pimps and then the people that were there to buy the wares and all that. And, and this girl came up to me and, you know, and a lot of the prostitutes would dress well like prostitutes. Okay. <laughs> and, uh, you know, they're all hanging out everywhere and all that stuff. Okay. But this girl like dressed super conservative, like a secretary, you know? So it's like, I guess everyone's got their little fantasy, whatever. So she was like the conservative dress girl. But she came up, and she was just really nice. And she's like, oh, and she listened to the gospel and, and all of that. And, but she was super nice. And, you know, for all these months that we were going out there every week on a Friday night, you know, witnessing to these prostitutes, she would come up to me every single Friday night, pray for me. And I shared the gospel with her. I can't tell you how many times. And she always listened. I mean, she would just stand there and listen to me for as long as I wanted to talk. But, you know, after you've talked to someone, like, <laughs> for hours, you know, if you add it all up, it's like, you know, just kind of like, well, you know, like, you need to give your life to Christ. I know. But she never would. And so, anyway, I remember this one night in particular. It, I can play it like a video on my mind. And she walked up, and, well, she comes walking up, and she's got the mini skirt up to here, you know. And it's like, it was just kind of odd because that's how everyone else dressed, but she never dressed that way. And she comes and she says, you know, hey, pray for me tonight. And she was all jittery. I don't know if I was just in the midst of maybe going to talk to someone else and whatever. And I, I just, I wasn't short with her in a sense of any kind of rudeness, but I just was like, well, you know, you know, like we've talked about it tons. Do you just need to, you know? And she's like, oh, okay, but you know, pray for me. You know? And I just, I blew her off, not in a sense of, I didn't want to talk to her, but it's kind of like, well, we've already talked about this a ton of times. You, you, you just need to do it. You know, it's like, you just need to come to Christ. And, and then I just kind of like, kind of went on to somebody else. It's the only time I was really just kind of moving on and didn't just stand and talk to her for a while. The next Friday night, I'm out there and all these girls are coming through. Did you hear what happened to so-and-so? And I'm like, no. Last Friday night, she got picked up by a John. And I'm like, yeah. She goes, they found her dead in a manhole. I'm like, what? I just, that was it. Like, when she came up to me that last Friday, in a matter of a couple hours, she was dead. I, I just was like, I wanted to die. I'm like, something was different with her that night. It's almost like God was stirring her heart. And that was the one time I didn't spend forever with her talking with her. It was horrifying to me. And I'm just like, this precious girl that 
Who knows what led her to the street to be a prostitute, but she was a five-year-old at one point. And who knows what happened to her when she was a little girl? And who knows what all happened that led her to that place where she was selling her body every week? But she was precious in the sight of God. And I didn't spend the time with her. All I could hope was there came a point at that evening that she knew what was going to happen to her. And all I can pray is that, oh Lord, that she called out to you. Because I had shared the gospel with her so many times. And I hope and pray for her sake that she's in heaven when I get there. I hope that when she knew her day was done, that she called out, oh God, have mercy on me. And I know he would have. Don't have that same feeling that I have when you go to work on a Monday and some employee that's been your buddy that you've gone to lunch with or you've gone to lunch with her or whatever and you've worked at the same place for five years and you come in on a Monday and, oh, she was killed over the weekend in the car wreck. And you never shared with her. Don't let that happen to you. Thanks for joining us for Core Truth Radio. You've been listening to pastor and Bible teacher Steve Wilburn of Core Church Los Angeles. If you'd like to hear more messages by Pastor Steve, download the Core Church Los Angeles free app available on iOS and Android. Core Truth is sponsored by and a listener-supported outreach of Core Church LA. If you have been blessed by this program, consider supporting our radio ministry by texting Core Church LA to 77977. You can also give via our app or online at corechurchla.org. That's corechurchla, one word, dot org as well as writing to our P.O. Box 34789, Los Angeles, California, 90034. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.